If you would, just welcome Brother Ron Campbell as he comes and shares what God's laid on his heart. <laughs> That's funny. With the Spirit of the Lord, is there is freedom. Thank you, Lord, today for all the saints that are here. For those that are oppressed, Father, I thank you today that we bind the Spirit and the power of oppression. And those who are infirmed, we take authority and we command the spirit of infirmity to loose hold of them right now in Jesus' name. And those who are deaf and cannot hear and cannot see the goodness of God today, Father, we pray that the mind-blocking spirit would leave their ears and their eyes and they would see and they would know and they would experience the goodness of the Lord. Thank you for your mercy and your grace towards us, your saints, your people. Thank you, Lord, that you gave yourself so that we could have life and more abundantly in Jesus' name. Amen. God is, God is merciful and he's kind. Uh, there's a young lady in, um, in Dallas that I, that's a radio show host that did an interview on a country radio station with me about my book. I'm, I'm the first. I'm the furthest thing from country that you could find. But I did an interview at a radio station, country. I don't even know the things that people understood me. They thought I was probably speaking in tongues. And uh, yesterday, while we, uh, yesterday while we were away, or the day before yesterday, she texted me. She said, three o'clock in the morning, her son was in a wreck, and uh, he was in a coma. And there were three other boys in the wreck. And so I texted her back. I said, we're praying for him, but he's, he, he's not going to die. He's going to come out of the coma. And she texted me this morning. She said he woke up this morning. Yeah. And this young lady had turned her heart off against God because of a family who were religious. And had told her that because her and her husband got divorced, that she's cursed and she's going to go to hell and her kids are going to go to hell. And I, in my head, can't understand how the hell people can be so mean. Excuse me, I know I'm not supposed to say that. But hell is not a bad word. It's a bad place. We need to get right and understand that we are not here, right, but to reveal the nature, the nature and the spirit of Christ to the lost and to try and curse people and say vile and horrible things. to we, Who are we that we could stand up and tell somebody they're going to hell? Uh, when did we become God? So I've been ministering to her, and it's actually a strange thing. She bumped into me one day at the mail and package place, and when I turned around, the Spirit of the Lord gave me a word for her. And I prophesied, and I said, the, the hardship your family are giving you, God is going to vindicate you, and He's going to prosper you, and they're going to go down while you go up. And she burst into tears. She said, how do you know? I said, the Spirit of the Lord told me. She said, I'm so turned off church and church stuff. But if it wasn't that you spoke to me in the mail and copy place, I would never have received what you said. So I gave her my book. I said, read this. She wrote me back a couple days later. She said, oh my gosh. She said, this stuff is fantastic. She said, I'm sharing it on the radio and I'm getting people call in and ask me, how do I get baptized in the Holy Spirit? She said, I don't even know how to get baptized in the Holy Spirit. So God is doing things. You see, it's not the fact that you're religious. It's the fact that you are an epistle. You carry a message inside of you. And when you walk into the dark and lost world, the only option they have of seeing Christ is through you.
So I had a message, and of course this morning, 6 o'clock, God changed my message for me. So here it goes. Be merciful now. Be graceful. I would go to me the book of John. It's Genesis, Exodus, John. <laughs> Chapter 1. I want to speak to you today about God's creative process. There's a process of creation that was established from the very beginning... And it continues through the ages. It doesn't change. God's creative process has been put in place and established. And whether people agree that God created the earth or not is irrelevant. He did. Whether they think that we, we evolved from some kind of explosion, they will find out when they stand before the Lord that they were deceived. Because it's impossible for us as human beings to be created with all the the different facilities within our body from some kind of chemical explosion or some kind of fish that crawled out of the sea and became a man or some kind of baboon that fell out of the tree and became, became a man. I can't understand the, the theorists that believe Darwin's theory. But here goes. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God and the Word was God. And that, when he says God there, that word translated is Elohim. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through Him, and apart from Him nothing came into being that has come into being. In Him was life, and life was the light of men. The light shines in darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. You need to understand that you are the light of, you are the, light of the world. And you know what? Some places you go and you carry the message of Christ inside of you, and the world doesn't understand it because it cannot comprehend the light of God. We're trying to fix a nation, and we're trying to fix people through a political process and through psychology. And that cannot even comprehend life because it does not have light in it. And you and I have light in us. We carry the light of the gospel of grace inside of us. I don't care what you do and what your behavior is. It's immaterial. If you've accepted Jesus Christ, you carry His light inside of you. You are the light of the world, and you are the salt of the earth, just for fun. So if you go back to Genesis 1, when you start looking at the creation process, I want to share this with you because it became a revelation to me this morning. I suddenly thought about this, and I started to look into how the creation process started. And I know we get taught certain things through, through um, church and certain things through um, Sunday schools, and some of it's right and some of it's not really right. I know that's kind of a what? You guys, do you need sugar? That was pretty lame this morning, pretty quiet. I'm trying to find it here, but my pages are sticking together. And then Genesis 1 is actually once again referred to again in, in John 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was formless, void. And darkness over the surface of the deep. And the Spirit of God was moving over the surface of the waters. I want to stop there for a second. God, the Father, Jesus the Son, and the Holy Spirit were together in the creation process. It wasn't just God that created, but it was them corporately together. Because further on in the scripture it says, let us create man in our own image. Now I believe the Holy Spirit was brooding upon the deeper the water because he was bringing things into place. He was putting things in place for the creation process. I want to bring that to today to the natural. You didn't come to Jesus 
because you thought it was a great idea or because you were brought him in church. You came to Jesus because the Bible says no one comes unless the Father draws. Am I right? But how does the Father draw you? By the Spirit. You, John 14, he says this. When I go back to the Father, he's going to send you a helper. Why are you going to have a helper? Because he's going to lead you into all truth. The Holy Spirit is still brooding upon the water of the deep today. He is still continually calling and drawing and creating today. He's continually involved in the process of establishing the kingdom on earth. He's continually involved in the process of revealing and bringing to revelation the personality and the nature and the stature of Christ. So in the beginning, this is what he was doing. Even though there was void and darkness, he was bringing the light. Who is the light of the world? Jesus is the light and we have the light in us, right? So there was darkness and the Holy Spirit was preparing the place in the earth for the light to be brought in because there was a separation. You're going to read further in Genesis. There was a separation between light and darkness. So if you look at the process of how the Holy Spirit's involved in this whole creation process, how God still does things today by the same way that He did them back then, it's through the revelation of the Spirit of God, through the revelation of Christ that God brings you into the light. You were darkness before because we were born into sin. We were born into darkness, right? And you only came out of it when the Holy Spirit drew you out of it and called you. And the Holy Spirit then led you to Christ. And what happened is once you came to Christ, the seed of the Spirit was planted inside of you. Am I right? And even though I was wrong, you wouldn't say I'm wrong, but that's okay. <laughs> so... I just get so excited when I start reading this because no one comes to the Father, no one comes unless the Father draws. So in Genesis 1.26, this is what he says, let us create man in our own image. And that's not, that's not just God saying it, that's God, Christ, and the Holy Spirit together deciding how to create man. And I'm sure in the process of the brooding upon the water of the deep, the Holy Spirit developed the process of how the earth was going to be created. Because don't forget, if God created man first, man would have suffocated and died. Because he had to put things in process first. He had to separate the darkness from the light, which he did. He had to separate the sea from the land, which he did. Then he had to bring all the mammals in the land, which he did. Food chain. Then he had to bring the plants and the growth so there could be oxygen created. Right? And only then did he create man. Now here's the funny thing. This is a beautiful thing. I love this. Genesis 2, 7. Listen to this. This is, you've read this before. This is nothing new. It's just a, a, new, a new thought that I had about it, and I wanted to share it with you because we need to understand the process of God's creation. Genesis 2, 7. Then the Lord God, stop there for a second. You notice he doesn't say God. He says the Lord God. Now that translation there, is Yahweh God, which is the Son of God. So in actual fact, it was Jesus in the garden that created man. Have you ever thought about that before? This is the first introduction of the Lord God in the Bible. All the time it speaks about God, but yet it speaks about the Lord God, which translated in Hebrew is Yahweh God, the Son of God. You have to understand this. Everything has been given to Jesus. Right? So why not the creation process? 
Why not the creation of man in the image of Christ? Why not that? So think about it. Jesus was involved. Now, now you have to understand. Okay, I'm excited about this because you need to hear what I'm saying. When he created man, he created in his own image. Let me just go here to the scripture again. The Lord God. Okay, so uh, verse 7. There it is. Then the Lord God, Yahweh God, which is Christ, formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And man became a living being. Now, 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 now can you imagine being Adam? And now you're only dust form. Okay? And now Jesus comes and he puts his mouth on you. Adam comes alive. What's the first thing he sees? He sees the eye of the Lord. You've heard the scripture that you're the apple of my eye. You know what that means in the Hebrew? That means the little man, the little image of man in the eye of God. So Adam saw himself in Christ's eye as he really is. And when God breathed in him his spirit, which is pneuma, which is the Holy Spirit, it was a rebirthing process. It was like getting a salvation process going. Everything that was done there has been redone once Christ died and was resurrected and the Holy Spirit came. So you can see the process of creation is the same. It didn't change. Even though sin came to the world and robbed Adam of the ability to see God and know him and walk with him, when Jesus came back, that ability to be the apple of God's eye has been reintroduced to you. So when you open up your eyes, you can see God. Blessed are the, for they shall see God. Blessed are the what? Pure in God, for they shall see Him. When Adam was that piece of dust on the earth, he was pure. Okay? And so the minute... Jesus breathed into his nostrils. The Spirit came upon him. So I want to go further from talking about the eye of God and seeing, giving you the seeing eye of God. What I'm saying to you is this. Once you get saved and born again, the Spirit comes in you, your eyes are remade for wonder. You should be able to see things in a different light. You see, the, the enemy would like to keep us in blindness, so we cannot see who we are in the eye of God. If you can just get your identity in who you are in Christ, man, the playing field becomes even and the advantage is in your favor. Because you can see all things, you can know all things through the Spirit of God. I don't know if you're getting this. But I'm excited about this because to me I need to know that I am doing what God wants me to do. My whole life is focused. And the only way I can do that is if I have intent looking into His eyes. Now, there's a whole bunch of scriptures about that, and I'm going to give them to you. You can read them on your own. Zechariah 2 verse 8 speaks about the apple of his eye. Deuteronomy 32 10. Psalm 17 8 and Proverbs 7 2. It all speaks about being the apple of God's eye. Go and research them. Go and study them. Get a revelation of you being able to be the eyes of the Lord. You can see. Okay? Zechariah 2.8, Deuteronomy 32.10, Psalm 17.8, Proverbs 7.2. Now, if Joe was here, I would get him to read the scripture, but Joe's not here because he's bunked out somewhere. Your Joe. <laughs> Where is he? No? Joe? 
Hi, my name is Joe. I work in a button factory. <clears throat> Got to have a sense of humor sometimes. Oh, there you are. Come on, Joe. Oh, look at him. He's blushing. He's really upset with me. <laughs> I called him out. <laughs> Were you sleeping in the back room there? Eh? You're like Saul hiding behind the suitcases. Come on, man. Yeah, you want to read one of these scriptures for me? You got a Bible on you? Oh, no, no, bro. You got to get your Bible. This is mine. Nobody touches my Bible, man. <laughs> I, you don't share your woman, do you? So then I don't share my Bible. It's like the same thing, bro. Yes, this is my life. <laughs> yeah, I'm married to the Word. Come on, Joe. I love you. I give him a hard time, but he needs a hard time. <laughs> All right, so we're going to go to the first one, Zechariah 2.8. Yeah, 2.8. Yeah, I'm English, so if you misunderstand me, it's because I'm not American. Z- Zechariah 2.8. That's in the word, bro. Zechariah 2 8. I looked up and was surprised to see a man holding a tape measure in his hand. That sounded like me yesterday. I said, I said, What are you up to? I'm on my way, he said, to survey Jerusalem, to measure its width and length. Just then, the messenger angel on his way out met another angel coming in and said, Run! Tell the surveyor, Jerusalem will burst its walls, bursting with people, bursting with animals, and I'll be right there with her. God's decree, a wall of fire around unwalled Jerusalem and a radiant presence within. Up on your feet! Get out there! And now, God says so. Return from your far exile. I scattered you to the four winds, God's decree. Escape from Babylon, Zion, and come home now. Well, that's Zechariah 2. Oh, all the way through 8? You sure? man not the right message 10 I like this one ready okay he found him in a desert land in the following wasteland of a wilderness he kept circling him he took care of him he protected him as the apple of his eye yes sorry that's the Father speaking about Christ, right? And we are the apple of His eye, and that's the same thing He does for you. Psalm 17, verse 8, in the, in the real Bible. 
Psalm 17, 8. Keep me. Nope. That right there? Okay. Keep me as the apple of your eye. Hide me in the protective shadow of your wings. Well, thanks, Joe. I'm sorry I called you out publicly, but I love you. And this is a good thing, because the Lord wants to do something with Joe. God's got an anointing on his life, and God's going to open up some new doors for him and create some new opportunities for him. So that's why I called you out, okay? And, and you know what? He's wearing my colors. He didn't even ask me. He's wearing black. But you can wear black now. You qualify. <laughs> uh, thank you. So, so what I'm saying to you is this, is the Lord sees you as the apple of his eye. That's number one. Number two, when um, he breathed on him, the Spirit of God came into him and made him a living being. Now, if we go to Job, I call him Job, but you guys call him Job. So I'll say Job, right? I don't see an A in there anyway, but it's, it's Job. So when you go to the book of Job, this is what he said in his time of revelation. Job 33, verse 4. The Spirit of God has made me and breathed the breath of the Almighty God that lives in me. So even Job, in his discomfort, had this revelation that the Spirit of God made him and breathed the breath of life into him. So don't forget, you're the apple of his eye, number one. Number two, you have the breath of the Holy One inside of you, the breath of the Spirit in you. Now, that doesn't have anything to do with being baptized in the Spirit, okay? This has to do with the fact that when you get saved, the Holy Spirit comes and resides in you. The breath of the Spirit of God, the life-giving breath, the light of God is residing in you. It's not darkness that lives in your flesh, even though it does sometimes, but it's light that lives in your spirit. Light overcomes darkness. So if you live your spirit as the apple of His eye and you live through the light of God, which is the Word of God, you can overcome darkness. You can cast it out. You can expel it. Because the light expels darkness. That's what He's done for you. Then in, in John 20, that's the book of John 20, this is what Jesus did in verse uh, 22. <clears throat> uh, so Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you, as the Father has sent me, also I send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, their sins have been forgiven them. And if you retain the sins of any, they have been retained. So when he breathed on them, the Spirit of God came upon them. So what I want to say to you as a Christian, God's creative process is the same. Okay, it's working through light and it's working through breath. And the fact that you, your eyes can see light, the fact that you can see the light of God, you can get revelation and wisdom from God, plus you have the breath of God inside of you, you should not be overcome by the world. You should not be overcome by darkness. You should not be overcome because God's creative process is there. And like in Genesis, when He created, He put everything in place first before He created man. So we have dominion over those things. He gave Adam dominion. What did He say to Adam? He said, take dominion. Right? 
Once the fall came, the devil took the dominion away from Adam, but once Christ came and he took back keys of hell, death, and the grave, and he rose from the dead, and the dead walked in Jerusalem with him, and he rose again, and what did he do? He sent the Holy Spirit, and now what happens? Now we have the ability again to take dominion because the Spirit dwells in us and because we have the light of God in us and with the apple of his eye. So I don't know who of you have had the battle in your mind that has said that you're worthless and that you have no value and that you just a doormat for somebody else to walk upon. Eh? Are there any of you here like that? No? Probably the wrong, I'm, wrong company. I'm sorry. So what I'm trying to say to you, if you just understand who you are in Him and what He has done in the creative process for you as a Christian, you can walk above anything. You can overcome anything. I'm glad you're so excited. See, when, when, when he created something, he didn't leave it half done. When he created the earth and he put all the things in position, all the things in place so man could live, right? He didn't just, well, ach, you know, they wouldn't need fish. They probably wouldn't eat fish. They don't need deer or food. We just worry about that. They don't probably just eat vegetables. <laughs> They put everything in place perfectly. And then when the fall came, he had a plan. He knew that the fall was going to come. Do you think God was surprised by that? Where did Satan fall to when he, when he was thrown out of heaven? To the earth. Some of you don't know that. You fell, well, maybe he went to Mars. No, he fell on the earth. Jesus said that. I saw him fall like a star from heaven. I was in um, Disney in the Jurassic Park theme and... <clears throat> They're talking about how all these Jurassic animals passed away and how they died and what happened. They said a meteorite hit the earth, but they can't find the evidence of the meteorite. And I stood there and the Lord said to me, do you know who the meteorite was? I said, yes, I do. I said, it was Satan when he fell from heaven like a star. And what did he hit? He hit the earth. Probably destroyed, because he's not a creative being, he probably can't create. So when he hit the earth, probably he's nature and his personality destroyed the environment of the earth we don't know i'm just speculating but can you see what i'm saying but when you hit the earth you had the image of god built in you you have the nature of god built into you you have the eye of the lord built into you you have the spirit of god residing in you you've been given authority to take dominion and occupy until he comes So today, I felt very strongly this morning as far as things are concerned. The body itself has been under tremendous deluge as far as sickness, as far as disease, as far as poverty, as far as division, as far as um, for unforgiveness. We've been under deluge. And the reason why is because the church in the past has not preached the truth, has not put an obligation or a crime on you to be the light and the salt, and to walk by the Spirit, and to have the revelation of God, and to know God, and to be intimate with God. My sheep hear my voice, and they follow me. You know, if God had to come to you today and say, look, I want you to leave your home, and I want you to go to such and such and such, you'd come up with 25,000 excuses. Because that's how we are as human beings, especially when we don't have a revelation. When the Holy Spirit came to me, and confirmed it prophetically that I was going to come to America. 
I got myself ready. I did everything in power to get out of that country and come here. And I said to God, what, how many, what am I going to do there? He said, don't worry about it. I'll tell you when you get there. I need to have a plan, God. No, you don't need to have a plan. You just need to hear me. Don't take any names. Don't take connections. Don't take people. Just go. I gave my business away. I closed my house, sold my house, gave everything away. Got on a plane with my family and came. When I landed in Dallas, I could have been on Mars. Why? It's because I had a revelation from God of why I'm coming here. I didn't come here because I, was, I needed to run away from something and get to America because this is where the land of dreams was going to be. I already had the dream. I was living the dream. I was walking the dream. I'm still walking the dream. It has nothing to do with the country. It has to do with the dream that I have in Christ. It is to see men have the glory of God revealed to them. You see, it's time for the church to rise up. We are in desperate need of people to walk in revelation and knowledge and wisdom. You know, we have so institutionalized the church that we are useless. We cannot make an impact. We've got this concept of you build it, they will come. Instead of why don't you go out and get them? That's what we've been called to do is go out and get them. I love what's happening at Freedom with the food pantry where they bring in the poor and the broken and the wounded and they pray for them and give them food and they bless them. Beautiful. I love it. I cannot believe in a first world country like America that we have people that have no place to live and no food. And we're dependent on the government to provide. Man, listen, the government is doing it because we're not doing it. We should be doing it. Why? Because we have a revelation from Jesus. Jesus said this. What I have against you is that you didn't take care of me when I was in prison. Well, when were you in prison? As you've done it unto the least of these, so you've done it unto me. What am I saying to you people? I'm saying, listen, man, it's time to get out of the battle, out of darkness. Get into the light. Uh, we spend most of our time in the kingdom fighting the devil. <laughs> I'm not being funny with you. We are. I listen to people, well, I'll bind the devil. Well, then who loosed him? Didn't Jesus say, I'll give you the keys of the kingdom? Well, get those. Forget about the devil. Start getting a, battle, a, a creative process in your life to get out of the battle, to get into the presence of God, where you are the apple of His eye, and you're covered in the pinions under His wing. You're covered in protection by Him. And if you're in His presence, the enemy can't get you because the enemy will never get into the presence of God. Oh, but we're human. We, we, we don't. No, you can live in the presence. Paul did it. Right? I mean, he was in prison. His stock's beaten. And what did he do? He didn't start regaling at the government and at the authorities that locked him up. What did he start doing? He started to sing a song of worship. And God would probably go up in heaven and start to put his jam on. Boom, and one slap of the foot and suddenly the whole prison caved in. I think Paul got God to boogie. Because that's where the earthquake probably came. Because Paul knew something. Man, listen, you can kill me, but you're not going to kill me because I'm an eternal being. I live forever. We are the light of the world. God has put the light in us. And the light expels darkness. You know, I listen to people, well, you know, stop whining. Get up and drink the wine, but stop whining. You want some cheese with that wine? We have 
the anointing inside of us, the light of God. So what I wanted to say to you, there's been those of you that have been battling with infirmity, disease, like cancer. Now cancer's tearing through our nation like an epidemic. And I think it has to do with the chemicals in this country, in the, in the air. It has to do with the food sources being changed. It has to do with the nutritional factors that have been taken out of our food source. Because men are greedy. They don't care about people. They want to make as much money as they can. And bottom line is, at the end of the day, I've never seen anybody take a U-Haul full of money with them into heaven. The only reason why people get wealth is so they can distribute it. I deal with a lot of billionaires, and I'm telling you what, it's so funny watching them. They have all this money, but boy, they never sleep at night. You know why? Because they're worried what's going to happen to the stock exchange. I laugh. I think it's funny. Yeah. I said, you want to you really make a good investment? Write a couple of checks to some people that are doing the work of God. Because bottom line is, if you, if you invest in the poor, you're lending to God. And God doesn't pay you 2% after tax. He gives you 30, 60, and 100 fold. It's the love of money that's the root of all evil. Money is not evil. The love of money is the problem. And look, man, money cometh and money goeth. It's just a vehicle. <laughs> I remember before 9-11, I had a wonderful share portfolio. Man, I was making bookers of bucks in the share portfolio. I was doing great on the stock exchange. The day before 9-11, 3 o'clock in the morning, God said, sell your share portfolio. Uh, what? what? God, that's my rainy day fund. God said, it's getting, it's getting ready to rain. Called my broker. I said, hey man, sell my fund. No, you're crazy. Microsoft is going to split and it's going to triple, blah, blah. I said, dude, listen, sell my fund. Are you serious? Do you want me to come down there? I'm serious. Sell my fund. He called me in the afternoon. Your check is ready. I could only go the next morning to get it. But when I woke up the next morning, the towers were coming down, and the stock exchange closed, and everybody lost their shirt. When I got to get my check from the broker, he was so mad. Why didn't you tell me? You knew something. I didn't. But I heard the voice of the Lord. And so on the basis of hearing his voice, I did what he told me. I didn't have to go and question him because I know that God is the God of the universe. Jesus created everything that was made. And if he knew what was going on, and he told me, and I followed through, and I saved myself a lot of heartache. And there were a lot of puppies. They call them yuppies. But after the crash, there were puppies. Poor up-and-coming professionals. Because they didn't hear God. Why? It's because they're living in darkness. But you're in the light. You're in the light. And you can do so many great things when you live in the light. Because darkness finds no place in you. Anyway, I'm going to stop gyrating now. I want to pray for people that have been suffering with disease, cancer, um, mental issues, uh, diabetes. If you've suffered or have suffered or are suffering with any of those, I just want you to stand. I want you to claim hold, grab hold.
of the throne today. Because Jesus is the healer. He wasn't the healer. He was. He is. And he still heals today. And so if there's anything that you battle with infirmity-wise or disease-wise, you just bring it up. You speak to the Lord. You put your hand on it. I'm going to pray with you in agreement. I'm going to release the anointing of the Holy Spirit on you to break the curse of death and the power of the spirit of death. The devil is a liar. Just put your hands on your heart and just agree with me. And those of you that are around, just lay your hands on these people if you don't mind. Just lay your hands because this is body ministry. So Lord, you have a creative process even from the garden when you created man. You put everything in place. Father, you separated light from darkness. Lord, today we find that we are dealing with darkness within our physical mortal bodies. Father, we thank you today that we know that you are the light and that we carry the light within us. And today, Father, the light of God destroys, devastates, and totally eradicates any form of darkness, sickness, or disease in our bodies right now in Jesus' name. Father, we thank you too that love covers, love conquers, love overcomes. And Father, today the love of God is induced into every single mortal cell of their body and it breaks the pattern and the cycle of cell creation where cells are broken. Father, that you recreate a miracle within their body today. Break bad habits, I pray in Jesus' name. Break addictions, Father. Break things that have kept them in bondage today in Jesus' name. Release them out the prison door, I pray in Jesus' name. Set the captive free today. I release healing right now on that heart situation in Jesus' name. I break the power of that disease that's gone into your heart in Jesus' name. But I also encourage you in Jesus' name to start living a healthy life to start exercising, to start doing the right things and take care of your temple because you are the temple of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit resides in you. So, Lord, I thank you today. Light comes today and casts out every darkness, every sickness, every disease because, Father, your word says you're the good giver of all good gifts. And, God, disease and sickness is not a gift from you. So we just rebuke it now in Jesus' name. We cast it off. We throw it aside. We grab on the light of God, on the word of the Lord. And Father, we take that healing from you. And we ask you, Father, to do restore us today. And to bring us into our right minds. So that we'll know the light of the glory of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Thank you today, Father, that we'll be ambassadors. And we'll overcome because we've overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. Thank you today that we stand today as an army before you, Lord, restored and resurrected because of your great job you did at Calvary, where you overcame darkness and you totally destroyed dominion of that realm and you brought us into a realm of light. So I just release right now on their bodies and their minds and their souls right now, light and healing in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, G. Thank you, Lord. Jesus, come here. I want to pray for you. This is my brother, Jesus. <laughs> I love this. I'm praying for Jesus. I love you, man. Father, I just released the anointing of my brother. And the Lord told me to tell you that promotion comes from the Lord. And you've been faithful with a little. And you're always wondering, God, when is the day coming when I'll be able to open the door and do the thing that you've called me to do? And the Lord says, very soon, the season will close and a new door will open to you. And I'll pour out my spirit upon you and blessing upon you. 
And God says, I'll even make you a, a man that has rulership over land. And Father says, even over cattle and even those things. And Father says, I'm going to put wealth from the land in your pocket, says the Lord. Because you've been found to be faithful with little. You've been faithful with everything you do. And Father says, because of your faithfulness, I'm going to open the door of opportunity for you and bless you and pour out my spirit upon you. So I just release an honor and shame right now in Jesus' name. Thank you for his life and thank you for his family. Thank you that you love them in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 I got to prophesy over Jesus. <laughs> uh, you know, the Lord has a sense of humor. Because the Bible says Jesus laughed, so I'm going to take that. I, you know, I love laughing. I think it's fun. I, I love to cut up with people. People expect you to be religious and baptized in pickle juice. It's like, hey man, I was miserable when I lived in the world. I have something to be happy about. You know, I have something really to be happy about. Um, my brother back there in the blue t-shirt with the sort of long hair beard. What's your name? Jordan. That's good, brother. Hey, listen, the Holy Spirit wants to let you know that um, there have been divisions that have been set against you. There's been things that have been done to you by the enemy that has separated you from the purpose that God has for your life. But God is getting ready to bring a res resurrection power to you, transform you, change your heart, change the way you think, specifically about yourself. The enemy is allowed at times to be penetrated into your image, to change the way you think about yourself. But God's doing a new thing. He's bringing a, 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 what I call a recreative anointing on your life to reset and recreate your future and set you onto a new path. And even some of those relationships that you have, there's going to be a, a sort of an extradition where they're going to be moved away from you because bad company corrupts good morals. But God's getting ready to do something with you, Jordan. You've had a call in life ever since you were this high. And at times you've run away from God, but God is bringing you back into the fold. There's an anointing for you in technology, and there's an anointing in you for worship. So I just really said anointing on you right now in Jesus' name, okay? Thank you, Holy Spirit. There's a lady back there with pink top on and blondish kind of hair. Well, I'm not sure if it's blonde. Only your hair, only your hair colorist will know if it's blonde. But anyway, do you see me? Let's see. What's your name? Okay. Would you, would you stand for me for a second? Is that your husband with you? Brave man wearing a pink shirt. I love it. Would you go, both mind standing for me? I know that my, I don't know you. What's your name, brother? Matt. Okay, I know that you guys have been under warfare. I know that there's been a battle going on. And at times, Matt, you've even said to yourself, God, I don't even know what to do anymore. But today I just send the word of the Lord to break the power of this battle that you've been in. The devil is a liar. I know that he's tried everything in his power to destroy you and your family. Today I just say, Father, in Jesus' name, we stop this execution against their lives. We pray today for their children. We pray for the anointing on them right now. We pray for the grace that you're sending upon their family and their life. I thank you, Lord, today that my brother, Father, will not feel that feeling in his heart, Father, that you've rejected him and that you've allowed him to go through this process. Father, that's been told to him that he's done something wrong. I break the power of that word right now over their lives. I thank you, Lord, that you're merciful and kind and you're gracious and that you are the healer and that you're going to set the captives free, Father, from this situation that's going on in their lives. I don't fully know what it is, but I know that there's a battle. I can see it over you. It's like a cloud. And I just command the wind of the Spirit to blow and the breath of God to come to blow life into your life in Jesus' name. I just send life to you now in Jesus' name. 
In Jesus' name. Is that okay, Matt? All right. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. You know, we went up to Alpine this last weekend and we met a lady that had overcome cancer, not through chemo, but through a whole bunch of different regimens. And one of the regimens was the Word of the Lord. And, you know, I just, I just wished that we could have this moving through our society so people can get set free rather than die prematurely. You know, there's so many people that have been taken prematurely through disease and through sickness, and it really become, it's become a problem. And the problem is our leadership is not doing anything about it. They are so moved by pharma, big pharma, they're not doing anything about it. But it's time for the church to start doing something about it. It's time for us to start praying and interceding and getting down on our knees and asking God to do something, to break this infirmity that's of our culture. There's tremendous disease and sickness. It's just amazing. And, and obesity and all these kind of things, heart problems and all this rubbish because of all the nonsense they put in the foods because it's all about money. It's all about money. They are not prepared to do the right thing. And we, we keep on electing these same people. And they would, don't do the right thing and we just keep on doing it because they tell us a couple of stories and we get so enamored, oh, why are we going to have And boom. And we just end up paying more. It's time for us to recognize we have a king. And we're part of a kingdom. And we have the anointing. And we can transform this culture one person at a time. We can change the hearts and minds of our neighbors by praying for them. We can bind the foul spirits of this world off people. We can loose the Holy Spirit onto people's lives. We can call people into the kingdom. Let me tell you, the book of Hebrews says that the word of God has been Inscribed on their hearts and their minds. Every single person that is born, whether they know God or don't know God, the Word of God was inscribed on their hearts and their minds before they were born, when they were still a spirit living with God. And so what you can do as a person, if you have family members, whoever it is, you can start calling forth every single word that's in their heart and their mind, and you can call that thing forth and ask God to water it. That thing can grow, and the captives can be set free. The only reason I'm in the kingdom... I didn't know God from a box of green apples. The only reason I'm in the kingdom is I had an aunt that spent her life praying for me and prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed and stormed heaven on my behalf. And listen, I didn't go to church. I wasn't interested in God. I, don't, I hated Christians. If I found out a guy in the military was a Christian, I did everything in my power to hurt him because I thought they were a bunch of idiots. You know? Sorry, just being truthful. And then God fell on me one day. <laughs> yeah, you want to read the story, get my book. But God fell on me one day. And I was, I was overwhelmed that God, that I had treated his people so badly, was still kind enough to love me and forgive me and want me in his kingdom. When your whole life you've been separated by the world and then suddenly somebody wants you. God wants you. He created you and birthed you at a time such as this so that you can manifest the gifts He's birthed into you. You can be His ambassador. It doesn't care how bad you are, what you came out of. I came out of rubbish, man. I came out of the rubbish dump. That's how bad I was. It doesn't matter. It doesn't change God's heart. 
well, you know, he's just a real scoundrel. Why do you think God did what he did to Saul and saved him and changed his name to Paul? Why do you think you here, every single one of you, the day you went through baptism, you died to self and you were created in a new being. You carry the blood of Jesus in your veins. You are bone of Christ, bone and flesh of his flesh. The day that you came to his kingdom, he had a white stone with a new name printed on it. And if you know who your new name is and you find your new name, you'll know your identity in him very clearly. The lady with the pink shirt on the pink today with a black ponytail. Yeah, ponytail. Right? What's your name? No, the one behind you. Uh, I just need to say this to you. The Bible says that if you retain sin against someone, it's retained. If you forgive, it's forgiven. I want to tell you the Lord says you're forgiven. And I know, I know you feel in your heart like you don't deserve it. You feel you haven't earned it. You don't need it. Jesus earned forgiveness for you when he died for you. I want you to apprehend the love he has for you. Take a hold of it and tie it to yourself and never let it leave you. Your, your misery came in when you sought the love of people because something inside of you is broken. The misery came into you. And it led you down a path that has led you to destruction. But in the process of destruction, the Bible says, out of darkness comes light. Out of the darkness that you've been in, God redeemed you. And He's set you up and He's put a new robe on you. He's created you as a new being. He's given you a new spirit, a new anointing. The old things that haunt you, today I break the power of those things. In Jesus' name. I speak today. To your organ memory, to your muscle memory, even to your the nostrils. When you smell things from the old, they're not going to trigger those senses you anymore. When you hear voices from the past, they're not going to trigger you anymore. When you close your eyes at night and you have dreams and those things come before you from the past, I break the power of those things out of your subconscious mind in Jesus' name. I close the door today that was opened over your life. I break the power of abuse, emotional abuse, spiritual abuse, physical abuse, and sexual abuse in Jesus' name. And I just break you free today from all addictions in Jesus' name. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for the anointing. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. God is merciful and He's kind. It's immaterial what you did, what you look like where you came from, who you are, how you were conceived. doesn't matter. The fact that you're here matters. Oh, man, it's getting hot in here. I know there's many of you that would like to hear a word from the Lord, but hear this. This is the word from the Lord to you. Can you receive it? God loves you more than you'd even know. And I pray today that you would open your heart to experience His love. Let His love overwhelm you. Let His love bring you into wholeness. Let His love open your mind and your eyes to see Him, to hear Him, and to know Him. To hear His voice clearly, like no one else hears Him. Let His love break the power of the, 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 the spirit of addiction the spirit of the past, the things that you've experienced, the poverty, the things that have come against your mind to rob your image from you, of who you are in Christ. I pray that the Lord would reveal to you that you are the apple of His eye. 
And that when you open your eye, you'll be the little image of you in the eye of God. And you'll see yourself as God sees you. Holy, righteous before the Lord. Not a sinner, but holy and righteous before the Lord. So, Father, I thank you today that you brood upon the water of the deep. Continue your creation process. Bring things to line into order so that men and women can walk in the fullness of the purpose that you've called them to today. I thank you today, Father, that people are going to be set free from poverty today. Lord, you're going to put wealth and finance and resources in their hands like they've never had before. They're going to sow into you, Lord, and as they do, they're going to reap from you. I thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Ron. Beautiful word today. Quickly, could we have the ministry team go and get in your places? All of our ministry team. This word is so powerful today. I feel like there are people here that need prayer, maybe for salvation. They need prayer for uh, uh, whatever problems are going on in their life, finances or illness. We would uh, we want to offer this to you today. There will be people in the back. Ministry team will be in the back and in the front. But we don't want to close today's service without offering you the opportunity to receive ministry. So if you would just stand real quickly and... Uh, then after the after we after after that, then please don't don't rush out from this place. I mean, we still have a couple of things we want to take care of this morning. So, Father, this morning I pray for uh, those right now that have that the the word has come and, and the word has touched their hearts and they need to respond. Especially for those who may be lost that have walked in this place today, that they've been walking in darkness, but today they have, they would receive the light of Christ that their life would be changed forever. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So if you need prayer this morning, we're not going to extend this very long, but if you need prayer, come and they will take you to a prayer room and we'll love to pray with you this morning. Then if there's anybody that receives the Lord this morning, we'd like to present that to the church body. So step out and come as we wait on you. If you need prayer today.